High FM, 101.9 megahertz of life. 101.9 High FM, High Kendo by G. We are back every, as we do every Monday, to discuss what's on your mind on education, how to move on in life. I mean, before COVID, we always used to say how to make the world a better place, how to make other us better people, how to influence the world in a good way. But I think at this point, we're going to focus in the next few shows. As we spoke last week, we're going to be focusing on improving our life back to normal, getting back after lockdown, after COVID, after all the things we were at. And I'm not saying after COVID. I know COVID is not over. No need a, you don't need to SMS me, panic me, tell you know COVID is still around. I do know that. Uh, but there is this feeling of ex-lockdown, I'd say. A lockdown has eased up. Uh, we are slowly gaining back our normal lives, uh, which we have to do very carefully, very caution with all the uh, social distancing, masks, everything. But life is in some kind of shift back to normal. And we need to discuss how to do it, how to deal with everything that we went through. And today for the show, I'm going to be joined by Rafi Sachs who is a wellness and fitness life coach. Rafi was on the show about a year ago, and we were speaking minus plus about why is it so important and for our mental health and physical health to exercise, to move. Um, I always feel like our last interview before COVID was in a different world, a different lifetime, different century. It was so uh, irrelevant, a lot of the questions I've asked. Uh, like, why is it important? Where is it important? I think we're all there. We need it. We need to get our lives back. We need to get our movement. We need to get our stuff. And it's time to see how to do it and what to do it. Before I go into that interview, I do need a quote. Uh, today is the Yorzeit, the, the year of memory of the Chazanish. Just to understand, the Chazanish was um, one of the biggest rabbis after the war in Israel, the Holocaust, rebuilt... Um, a lot of the Jewish nation again. Um, and just one quote that's amazing. He, somebody once asked him, what would be the highest spiritual level a person could go through life? And he said, the highest level of spirituality a person can achieve through life is to go through life without hurting, offending, or bothering somebody else. And I mean, I wish maybe we can do this for one day. I don't know about a lifetime. But I think that's a, a, an amazing point to remember, even for our show, how important it is to go through life respecting, caring, and not hurting anybody else, taking other people in consideration. So that should be for his memory that is today. Back to our normal lives again. Good afternoon, Rafi. Thanks you so much for being with us. Good afternoon, Rama. Thank you for having me. Um, it's a privilege to be here, and I'm very excited to share some of my thoughts, some of my ideas, and some of my experience with uh, your listeners. Okay. So before we go into that, I will tell the listeners, any questions about healthy habits, things to get back into normal life, to reduce our anxiety, 34519 is the line. That's in here in South Africa or anywhere in the world, 061 that is the telegram, telegram line. Do it again. 061-895-1019. That is a telegram for any questions, any comments, anything you think you, we should be discussing, anything you want to comment about what you hear here and 
anything that is important to do. I think the biggest question for people today, and, you know, it's probably the most simple one, but how do we regain our good habits of sports, movement? What are your recommendations to, you know, kind of step out being in lockdown mode, you know, social media, what's up all day, and actually be more active and physical and emotional? Okay, it's a, it's a great question, um, and there's many avenues to, to answer the question. Um, I would say firstly to start with everything that makes you feel joy. Uh, naturally, when you feel like joy... Like chocolate and things. <laughs> chocolate's actually very healthy for you. I'll, I'll tell Not you that. for me. <laughs> my doctor. Okay. I'll tell you that, uh, that, that dark chocolate, you know, canceling out the sugar and, um, and eating it in moderation, obviously everything in moderation has a very high content of uh, magnesium in it and can actually be very calming to the body. Uh, so I'm not sure I consider uh, dark chocolate without sugar chocolate, but <laughs> well, let's leave that aside. How do we regain our good habits and getting into Right. Our day-to-day life. So, I would say again, anything that causes you uh, joy. So, if if I said to you, you know, you need to go running on the treadmill for an hour, and that thought would make you feel more anxious or more stressed out, then it's not likely that you're going to do that. If I said to you, let's go for a swim, summer now, let's jump in the pool or find a place to swim, and that made you feel excited, that feeling of joy is going to cause you to feel a lot more healthy. So you're going to be breathing better when you're exercising because you're enjoying it. You're naturally going to be inclined to want to do the things that support that kind of movement because you enjoy the movement. So eating healthy so that you can swim better will naturally will naturally come in its wake. Um, so I think we have to get out and really ask ourselves or meditate on the idea of what is going to cause us joy. Um, if uh, swimming is causing you joy, then that's what you need to do more of. If playing a table tennis is going to cause you joy and, and happiness and more smiles, and that's what we need to do more of. So you're saying it's not about a fixed concept of exercise and training. It's more about what you enjoy and makes your focus to, to create that movement. Absolutely. Okay, and if you don't enjoy movement at all? So I think there is there are few people who might not enjoy movement at all, but I believe that they haven't found the movement for them. So sometimes in the beginning it's a little bit hard and you need to go out and push yourself to go for a walk. Maybe you need to do a little bit of yoga. Maybe you need to try Pilates. Maybe you need to try table tennis. Um, but I, I believe that eventually you will find a form of movement that feels good to you and it makes you feel that those, those high vibrational feelings of joy and you'll naturally want to do it more, more often. So what you're talking about is a lot about, um, healthy habits and, you know, things that will take up time in your day and will be like a real structure in your day. Somebody who's just stepping out of lockdown mode and not there yet, are there any shortcuts, any concepts of that will be beneficial to start or you'd say, no, just do it the right way and forget all these uh, four-minute exercises, etc. Every start, I think, um, you know, as we say in rugby, when you score a try, when you try, you already put the ball down on the other side. So trying anything, even if you're doing the deep abdominal breathing, uh, going out and listening to the birds, getting out in the sun and getting that vitamin D, um, anything you're going to do for yourself, you know, and you invest in yourself, you invest in your future, 
and you're naturally gonna you're gonna feel better energy. You know, just getting out to so the you're sun. You're not talking about actually about energy. So go out to the sun, sit on your porch by the pool, and listen to the birds and enjoy the vitamin D from the sun. That's not. I think that's even exercise I can handle. Definitely. So that is that is the form of. That's why I want to change the word from exercise to to energy. Let's call it energy. What's going to give you energy and make you feel positive is definitely the way forward. Okay, so we do need to take a, a short ad break, um, and when we come back, I do want to discuss more the concept of energy. And you're saying that it, which is a much more, I'd say, important step before getting back into our physical shape and, and movement is just to get the right vibe and the right energy. Um, but we do need a short break beforehand. Three four five one nine is SMS line. Anyone interested to join in the conversation, or what would you think? And this is, you know, a very important question for the listeners. What would you think would bring energy in a um, reasonable, practical, doable, I don't know if that's a word, way? So 34519 is SMS line. 061-895-1019 is the Telegram line. Short ad break, and we will be right back. Hi FM, your station of choice since 2008. 101.9 We are back in a very interesting discussion with Rafi Sachs. Rafi is a wellness and fitness life coach, and we are discussing stepping out of lockdown into normal, healthy life and habits. And while I was thinking that what I really need to do is just start exercising, um, right before the break, Rafi told us he doesn't really like that word, uh, but definitely more important to first focus on our energy. And your recommendation for a good workout was step outside, sit in the sun, listen to the birds, and chill, I guess. And you mentioned abdominal breathing. How would we do that? How would you, how would we bring this relaxation and positive energy into our lives? So a lot of us have become, uh, Rabbi, a bit more sympathetic dominant, which that means is that we feel a little bit more anxious because we're running on the stress hormones of cortisol and adrenaline. So what we need to do is be a little bit more parasympathetic. So one of the forms of going into parasympathetics is to access or to stimulate what's called your vagus nerve. So one of the ways to do that is getting out in the sun and doing the abdominal breathing, which we can go through as well in a bit. Okay, so what is the abdominal breathing that we would like to start with in order to get like our energy? So the breathing is we step into an environment where there's lots of oxygen, so outdoors is great. Um, we inhale through our nose, which is our filter. Um, we hold the breath. Once we've inhaled a full breath of lung, a full lung full of breath, and we hold for about seven seconds. Then what we do is... We breathe out through the mouth for about 10 seconds. At first, it might be a bit difficult for a lot of people to do that seven-second hold, 10-second out breath, but I guarantee if they start to do it, they will feel more parasympathetic, more relaxed, more calm. They will they will stimulate the vagus nerve through that breathing, and naturally they will feel a bit more calm. And that will kind of release some of the stress and the anxiety. Absolutely. Okay. And it, does that need to be done... Once, twice, 50, uh, how much do we, of it do we need to do to start feeling change? Every person is different. So if, if someone is feeling under a lot of stress, if they've been feeling a lot of worry, your, your body is a good litmus test. If your body's feeling exhausted or, or irritable, the low vibrational feelings of frustration, 
then you need to do that breath a lot more often, especially first thing in the morning to start your day. Okay. So start your day with that, that energy and then start kind of finding what would be the, 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 the sport, the movement or whatever that you would recommend to this, that a person would enjoy to connect and do. Well, so exercise, as we said, it could be a stress on the body if a person's doing the wrong form. So therefore, if someone you is, know if it's wrong? you'll feel it. Again, the body is the litmus test. So if the exercise is not causing you joy and you're not looking forward to doing it the next time, it's the wrong exercise. So it's interesting. You're saying that even if your exercise is causing you pain, but it's causing you joy, and it's just that just means it's because your body is out of shape and go for it. Yes. If it's causing you joy, it means you're producing the endorphins. Your body's going to produce and reward you with dopamine at the end as well. You're naturally going to start to look forward to that. And those hormones are going to work as, in we say, harmony hormones. And you're going to feel the music playing within your body. You're going to feel that joy. So what is it about the, these habits and exercises? And so many people would say, when I exercise, I love it. I enjoy it. It gives me energy. It's the best thing. I just don't do it. I do it once and then... I don't do it, or I do it three times, and then three weeks later I'll try again. If if, it, if we enjoy, it, I mean, we mentioned chocolate. I mean, we enjoy it, we again again. How come we don't we don't? What stops us from these good habits and exercises? If we enjoy them, and we still don't do them. Uh, it's a wrong education. I'm sorry. That's uh, a, a person has been educated in in the wrong way to think what exercise is, what form, what movement means. If we start to relate to, to, for example, nutrition, we spoke about chocolate, that chocolate can be healthy for you. A person who enjoys chocolate will now know I can eat it. So a person who finds the form of movement that works for them won't relate it in their brain to being a stressor or relate it to being something that's energizing and vitality and joy. So what is the education that we have now that's wrong that we need to start? I'm talking to parents, obviously not about the system, but... For parents, what are we educating our children and what must we rather do instead? Well, instead of forcing a child to, to, to do the form of movement that, that the parent thinks they need to do, maybe the parent needs to think out of the box and uh, let, the, let, let children play a soccer game together if that's what they enjoy. Take them to a swimming pool and can play. Take them to a tennis court. Maybe take them out running in the fields and let them just ride their bicycles around. That form of movement, the kids will then come naturally to. Is that a reality in South Africa? Uh, South Africa is a challenge, but I still believe that there are grounds where there can be a lot of safety. There's schools that will open up the grounds towards us, and uh, there are places. Again, if there's a will, there's a way. So parents, they want their children to feel vitality and good. They'll find a way to help their children to move. So let's discuss a bit about how to actually motivate our kids to do the exercise. Because I'm thinking about many children that you tell them, okay, what do you like to play? What would you want to do? Would it be soccer? Would it be um, running or rugby or whatever? And they'll probably say, I don't know. I'm going to go on the app store and see what the best one is. And not really actually get up and leave their phone and go physically play. So what is the education and the discussion that we need to create in order for that to happen? It's a, it's, it is a challenging thing, but I, I believe that every parent is gifted uh, with the ability to read their children. So they know that if they try a few different options, eventually they'll find an option and it works. So eventually they'll, they'll find that, you know, the children love to do gardening, maybe. 
perhaps. Maybe their children love to do, uh, as we said, tennis or swimming, things like that. So it's just a matter of trying different options and finding what works. And I have to say about that, I, I've had quite a few people that have spoken to me in the last couple of weeks after holidays and spoken to me about kids that are not falling asleep at night, having anxiety, having a hard time sleeping. And I've asked them to make sure, one of them that had to make sure their child swims at least a half an hour a day and then call me back in a week. And they haven't called back, um, maybe one. Everybody else after follow-up said, no, things are much better, things have changed. So we know the answer. We're just stuck. Right. So what can, like, why, what is the point that we, we would recommend that is not the extreme? Obviously, we can't be extreme in it, but we, we need to raise some kind of awareness and some kind of um, understanding that we need to swim. We need to go on our trampolines. And our houses, a lot of them have swimming pools, a lot of them have trampolines, a lot of them have yards. What is the extra push, I would say, that we need as parents in order to be so motivated to make our kids do? I think as parents, we also need to make ourselves excited about it. So I think music can be very powerful. We've got to put music on. We've actually got to dance, just natural uh, dancing. We've got to do the breathing, as I said. We've got to visualize ourselves uh, doing the movement that makes us feel good. And then the children are naturally motivated when they see parents trying to do it themselves. So in a nutshell, I think if a child is struggling to sleep, as you've seen just with swimming, just with that exercise, they're naturally sleeping better. How much more so if you incorporate uh, healthy nutrition as well, as well as learning to stimulate that vagus nerve and go more parasympathetic, that a child will naturally start to feel more calm, less of the, the stress hormones, and they might actually naturally want to do more of the exercise because their body's not exhausted from the overload of stress. So before we get to nutrition, which we'll get to shortly, um, maybe us as professionals are part of the problem. Maybe we've reached the point that parents say, oh, my child needs to exercise, fine, I'll hire a trainer. Whoa, I need to make sure my child does something. I'll get somebody for homework. I'll get somebody for training. I'll get somebody for a good dietitian. I'll get somebody for um, therapy or whatever it is, which it's great. That's what I do. But, um, and <laughs> I know you do definitely the sport things as more as your, yours, but are we not by providing the service and enabling parents of it or what would be the guideline between going to a professional and doing it yourself? I think that it is okay to ask for help in certain areas. If a parent has, has really put in an effort and really tried and they can't get the, the child out and going in the sun and going for a walk and going to, to do the breathing and they're at a loss for, for options, it's absolutely mature and responsible to, to get help. And, and sometimes it can be a, a physical trainer that, that is the motivation. It can be a nutritionist that knows how. Uh, maybe you'd have to try a few different people who, who have the skills to motivate, to inspire the, uh, each individual, each individual child um, to, to, to reach or to believe in themselves and to reach their goals. Okay. So you're saying a parent must try first and really the trainers and the professionals are, are like you would expect the parent to come to you after they've tried. Absolutely. Yeah. I would expect the, the parents to lead by example. 
um, and uh, try the absolute best with many different avenues and uh, and find what they enjoy doing as well. And then the children will, 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 will generally um, look up to their parents and try and emulate them. Okay. Let's talk a bit about nutrition that you said, about healthy habits, healthy concepts, things that are important. Um, is that anything to be discussed with kids at all, or it's just kids generally eat what their parents cook, so it's not even a discussion for kids, or we need to create that awareness? I think it's vitally important from a young age to start um, children being aware what certain foods will stimulate them and what which foods will 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 make them struggle to sleep, you know, so the child doesn't feel like things are going wrong when they can't sleep, that they're not getting anxious because they can't sleep. Certain foods will help us to sleep uh, better and like what? So calming foods, I can give you a few examples. Almonds are very calming to the body. Um, green leafy vegetables, uh, especially spinach, is very high in magnesium. And a lot of us are deficient today, as we learn from our uh, professionals and we can research. We're deficient in these electrolytes like potassium and magnesium and things like that, which help the body to feel calm and actually control the, the, the heart rate because the heart rate is controlled by um, the electric. It's electric, the electrons. So by teaching a child that if they limit the sugar intake, the caffeine intake, and focus on eating foods that are calming to the body, like omega-3 fatty oils, which are found in fish and chia seeds and flax seeds, they might find that they actually feel calm and more relaxed and more able to sleep at night. It's interesting because um, I don't think it's such a popular discussion um, that I'd say recipe groups between months or maybe is. I haven't been a month for years. And, and kind of not, definitely not on these WhatsApp recipe groups or whatever. But I haven't even heard too much discussion around it of, oh, I'm going to make a calm dinner tonight. I'm going to make something that the kids are going to calm. I'm going to make a awakening breakfast or whatever. It, why isn't it part of a program? I'm finding South Africans actually waking up more and more to nutrition. I really am. The more I'm speaking to people, they, they do tend to query, they ask, what can I give my kids to eat? What's going to be better in their lunch? I've been giving them a, a chips and a cold drink, and it's not working. They're coming back from school with a low glycemic, which means low sugar levels. They're angry or they're anxious, and then they, they're hungry, but they don't know that they're hungry, so they're ravenous for food, and I give them you know, then I give them pasta and they go back up on a high and then come back down because the sugar levels drop again. And parents are actually waking up to realizing if I give my child a stable um, meal that, compo- that contains all the minerals and vitamins, that they are actually more, more calm, um, more relaxed, and better able to deal with the stresses of everyday life, especially now during this time that we've been going through. Yeah, but you're talking about um, unstable foods and you're talking about um, healthy, not healthy. I mean, I'm not a dietitian or anything, but I do guess that um, I would know that chips and coke is not a good snack. Uh, but I'm wondering the concept of, of having a dinner that will calm the kids down. Is that something that's also creating awareness? Regardless, I'm not talking about sugar, hyper, um, instability, vitality points, all of these important healthy stuff. I'm talking about the concept that we can, through food, calm our kids down, and whether that teach them what to eat that will calm themselves. 
Yes, so I think that it's uh, to bring to that awareness. I think for children, children are, are also becoming more aware and also becoming more interested in it. Um, I get more and more questions all the time about what type of foods would be good to eat at night that, uh, you know, that I'll be able to sleep better and wake up with more energy. A lot of people want energy and they, they, they feel that they're not waking up with the vitality that they would want. And, um, I think making children aware that, for example, a big salad full of uh, avocado and green leafy vegetables, as we spoke about, things like celery, also very calming to eat celery at night and to put some nuts and seeds, which are full of omega-3s and as well as good healthy fats for the body, are going to be very calming. And uh, I do feel that that uh, children, more, the more I speak to children, whether it be at shul or, or informal or formal, I do find that they are interested in this this topic, and I think if the parents become more equipped or learn more about it, that children will will be more willing to to follow to follow in their footsteps. What would be the appropriate age to start this education? As young as as young as possible. The more the more the the, the younger child sees, you know, we know that from the age of one to about seven, a child is in the highest stage of developing their subconscious and developing habits. So from the age of one all the way up to seven, we still we want to instill within them the desire to eat, eat well, the desire to be feeling balanced within their system, the desire to to have that vitality and to be aware that there are ways to 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 boost their energy. And a, and a discussion with a five-year-old is something that is in reality. Uh, I have a five-year-old uh, nephew, and he is intrigued by. Everything that I uh, eat, and he always asks me if what he's eating is healthy. And yes, he still has a craving towards, um, you know, sugars and, and 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 biscuits and cakes and things, which he does get. We don't have to completely take them out of the system. We don't have to take them out of the diet. But in a healthy way, he is becoming more and more motivated into knowing: Is this going to give me more energy? Is this going to help me to run fast? Is this going to be helping me to feel good? Okay, what are the natural foods that you don't recommend kids definitely before they go to sleep? I'm talking natural. I'm leaving out all the sweets and chips and things. Natural, good foods that you'd say, no, nah, I'd rather eat that for breakfast or for lunch, but not for dinner. So I don't want to make any food uh, taboo because I believe all foods... It's just me and you here, don't worry. <laughs> I, I feel like all food has a place. And obviously in moderation, it's going to be healthy, but let's go with uh, things that have, things that are, that are uh, genetically modified or, or for you. In America, they call it uh, TV dinners or, you know, stuff that has been mass produced and left in a store and filled with, uh, you know, uh, preservatives and things like that, which are going to be toxic to the system to digest. They're going to sit in the stomach for a long period of time, um, causing all kinds of inflammation to the body. So you want to try and eat as natural as possible. You want to try and eat something you cooked, you made, you bought from the store, something that's not, uh, you know, it's been sitting on a shelf. So, you know, try and stay away from your packeted foods and, as I said, uh, TV dinners and things like that. Basically, you're saying the more you work on your own food, the healthier it's going to be. So rather buy products that you can make something out of instead of things that are made already. Absolutely, yes. Okay, so it seems that the, that that uh, definitely anything that is made, um, I'd say, in a home environment in a proper way, then anything produced that way would be okay. You'd say. 
Yes, also cooking with your children can be massively therapeutic as well as it can be their form of exercise. They're running around, they, they're eating, they're pushing, they, they're cracking, whatever it might be, and it can be uh, good fun and good bonding time. I think when I cook with my kids, it's therapeutic for me and exercise for them. <laughs> but I'm not really the other way around. Um, okay, before we continue, uh, just an opportunity for anybody who wants to send in any SMS any questions, any comments, 34519 is the SMS line. 061-895-1019 is the, the Telegram line. So either send us a message on Telegram, 061-895-1019, or send us a message, 34519, and join this special conversation with Rafi Sachs, who is a wellness and fitness life coach, a short break, and we will be right back. IFM, 101.9 megahertz of life. 101.9 IFM, we are back in the middle of a fascinating discussion with Rafi Sachs, who is a um, wellness and fitness life coach, discussing just the good steps and healthy steps we need to take stepping into our lives post-lockdown. And we've spoken about the importance of healthy eating, movement, exercise, going outside to the sun. Um, what about implementing like, I don't know, 30 to 90 seconds of um, some sports or something before sleeping? I've heard many people say, um, rather, as soon as your child wakes up, you have them do like one minute of jumping or running or, or push-ups or something. And some people said, no, it's not healthy. You need your child to wake up. And I've heard the other way around. People saying, before they go to sleep, they should have a better sleep. And some people say, no, it's going to give them energy and they won't be able to fall asleep. So maybe kind of organize it for us throughout the day. Um, how beneficial is it to kind of jump into exercise for a few months? So again, as we said from the beginning, uh, it's very important to find out with your own personal body because we're all, we're all made up, uh, slightly differently. And therefore it has to be what's causing you joy, what's causing you fun. Um, I used to love to do a late uh, evening workout, and then I felt like I couldn't sleep. So I had so to it's push it. enjoy it, but you can't sleep. So exactly. like, uh, what are the, things that, the, the appropriate behaviors, even if it comes? Yeah. yeah, so I find doing a, a workout in the morning, it could be a stretch, it could be yoga with that deep breathing, you're out in the sun. Um, that type of movement uh, for me has been very, very good, and it uh, – Helps you to loosen up from, you know, the tight muscles that get generally stiff uh, during sleep. And um, I would try and stay away from doing high-intensity exercise at night before sleep because you don't want to get your heart rate up and your adrenaline going. You'd rather want to do uh, breathing and stretching. Um, and uh, so I think it's a good reminder for any of those that joined now. The breathing that you were talking about is... Let's see if I remember. It's breathe in from your nose. Yes. Hold it in for seven seconds and breathe it out ten seconds. Yes. Very good. Well done. Oh, okay. Yes. Yeah. Hopefully I won't forget for tonight. <laughs> and that is something you say rather do the breathing and that kind of concept more than actually um, the the um, sports, which will kind of get you into an adrenaline kick and more fall asleep. So at night time, yes, I would recommend uh, stretching and breathing. Whereas during, you know, in the morning or during the day when you want to have a wake up, you can jump onto a rebound or a trampoline. You can get yourself moving. It's okay to uh, to wait to wake your body up, as you say. Um, 
the reason I was explaining about the breathing is because right in the beginning we spoke about dealing with stress and breathing is one of the ways to, to stimulate your vagus nerve, which helps you to be more parasympathetic. Parasympathetic, that other, another word for it is rest and digest. So more of us want to be in that state of rest and digest, calm. That's why we spoke about eating calming foods as well as doing exercises that are energizing as well as calming. So some of the ways just to go through besides for the breathing to stimulate that vagus nerve and to feel more parasympathetic could be listening to music, which we mentioned. It could be doing a brisk walk. Um, maybe a brisk walk. Maybe a 20-minute walk. So okay. walking a little bit faster than, say, you would stroll to shul. Okay. Um, another very good way Basically to be walking like you when you reach your own person. For some of us. Yeah. For and, me, not for other people. And yeah. uh, an- another another very good way is to actually have a cold shower. We're now in the summer. You start off with a hot shower. The Rambam actually agrees. Uh, Maimonides agrees with this idea. You have a hot shower and you follow it by a cold shower, which can be very boosting to the immune system, also relaxing, parasympathetic to the body. You can also hum or... So humming, you can hum to yourself. If you don't want to hum, you can just uh, gargle with some water. And that's been shown also to stimulate the vagus nerve and to put a person into that feeling of more parasympathetics, as we said, rest and digest. So less in fight or flight, which is what uh, constantly thinking of COVID might do to a person. We want to put you into that feeling of rest and digest when you feel calm, you know, when you've when, you, when you're sitting at a Shabbos meal, when you're around all your family, around the people that you love, and your body is is working in harmony. Right. So I, I, I do have to love because I want to ask questions, and then some questions are coming in. Uh, I was wondering regarding um, how long before sleeping you would you recommend not to exercise? Just like we know that we tell our kids to stop eating a certain time, stop watching a certain time before sleeping. Um, definitely see, by the way, I definitely see with my clients that, um, eating right before sleeping is a big trigger for nightmares and horrible dreams. And actually some of the people with dreams went to sleep a bit earlier. I stopped eating about two hours before sleep and it helped. So regarding the exercise, how long before sleep do you stop? Uh, again, I would say a, a good four hours before you plan to go to sleep, I would not do uh, a high-intensity exercise. Not Exercise Exercise could be anything that makes you feel good. So it could be you going for a, a long walk, and that's absolutely fine. You could do that uh, late in the evening. You could be going for uh, you know, some stretching and yoga, but you don't want to do high-intensity where your heart rate is going above 120, 130 beats a minute. Or, or high intensity exercise where you're really pushing the muscles and breaking a proper sweat. Okay, so then four hours before. Yeah, I would say about a four. message coming in from one of those listeners. Thank you, Rabbi G, for an amazing show. It's not just Rabbi G, it's actually Rafi. Uh, Rafi Sex, um, the life coach and um, wellness and, and all the good things that I'm not so equipped with, for those of you who know me. But anyway, so it's for you. I would love to hear of some ideas for salads. I feel like if I make salad every day, my kids get bored. How do I keep it exciting and simple for me? It's a, it's a very good question. Um, I think using different uh, salad dressings. You know, I've grown to really enjoy a lemon juice. So putting lemon juice on the salad one day and then another day using apple cider vinegar instead of the lemon juice and then Maybe using um, you can you can roast some some nuts and seeds 
in the oven, which are full of, again, as we said, the healthy fats and the healthy omegas, and uh, sprinkle some of that on the salad. Then another day use olive oil, another day use a bit of pepper, and another day use uh, different salts. Um, Basically a variety, don't make it the same. Yeah, just use a variety, but, I mean, you don't have to change. You want a lot of the green leafy things, and I know what the Woolworths sell and pick and pay sell, so you're going to get those general things. But to put something different, one thing or two things different into the salad, something exciting, will definitely intrigue the children. Right. That sounds actually great. i, I got to say, I know what my wife does. She actually um, designs the vegetables in different shapes, in different things, and it becomes exciting. So if yes. she puts an extra few minutes of effort, instead of giving carrots, she'll make a cut flour out of the carrot. Then the kids will actually go ballistic and really, really want it, or a garden out of cucumbers. So yes, it takes another 15-20 minutes to prepare, and we'll all have a very busy lifestyle. However, she does, um, and over the years she became amazing in designing this stuff, and I think that when we serve it that way, the kids just love it. And, yes. and it becomes interesting. So... I think just, I guess, be creative is what you're saying. Yes, be creative and 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 and, and do it with the children. Do it with them, so so you can ask them. It's, it's you don't have to. Uh, you're not in the dark. You can ask the children what would they like. What would they like to add? Maybe they saw something at a friend over Shabbos. Maybe they liked putting asparagus into the salad. Maybe they wanted to put. Who knows? Maybe they want to put strawberries in the salad. You know, some people do that. Right. And they love it. So, so yeah. Yeah, just focus on what the kids like, not what they don't like. Because then Absolutely. you'll never end. What do you yes. want? Not this and not this and not this. So what you do like and that we can work with. Yes, focus on what we, what we want. Uh, focus on what we want. Okay, sounds great. So we do have to take another short ad break. Mm-hmm. The last ad break for the hour, although the hour is almost over. So 34519 is the SMS line. Anybody who wants to join it with another question at the towards the end of the hour, or 061-895-1019 through Telegram. And we will take a very short break, and we will be right back. Hi FM, 101.9 megahertz of life. 101.9, we are back to the last part of today's show. Today's show, we I was discussing with Rafi Sachs, who is a wellness and fitness life coach, and we discussed many practical ways, many practical ways, I guess not to get mixed up with my language. And those are some ways we should discuss uh, how to get back to healthy habits or not back. Some of us maybe regain healthy habits. We don't have to only go back to healthy habits. And we were discussing many different ideas. And I'm wondering if we could take the last two, three minutes and say, what are the things that you know, you can offer the community for parents. What are the areas that you would say, listen, if you've tried the breathing, you've tried the exercising, you've tried the energy, you've tried all the things we spoke about in this show, which I recommend everybody to listen, you hear the podcast. What what do you offer for someone who says, well, I'm not getting my home onto a healthy route? So I think, Rabbi, this is exactly what a life coach, why someone would hire a life coach, or someone with experience, uh, as well as the knowledge on, on motivating, as well as uh, teaching um, the parents and the, the, the children how to, to, to slowly but progressively improve their, their wellness and to improve that vitality, that uh, energy, that joy that we spoke about. So there are very tried and tested and proved good methods of doing it, and that's why someone would hire a life coach. And, um, 
yeah, I mean, if they're willing to 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 grow, if they're willing to take the steps, then it's um, there's definitely there's uh, definitely uh, room for for improvement in every area, and I believe that um, that if parents try to to help the children, if they try to help themselves at the same time, it can lead to to feeling a lot a lot less anxiety, a lot more um, stress, as we said, and and over, overall improvement in, in in all areas of their life. Not just in wellness, but also in uh, business and and family wellness and uh, and, and uh, yeah. stress. I think business and work and everything it's very important. Yeah. We haven't even gotten to speak about stress that uh, people are going through, going back to life and to work and to different uh, work environments and the stress around you know for kids going to school. Any child with sensory uh, challenges to be sitting with a mask all day and not running as much and not playing as much. These are real challenges and, and definitely need to be addressed. Um, how do people be in touch with you? So you can get, you can get in touch with me on Instagram. My Instagram, you can find me on wellbeing. That's, uh, wellbeing underscore life coaching. And I would be absolutely happy to, to coach you and to coach your your children and to help you to uh, realize your wellness goals, which will obviously, as we said, help to decrease stress, um, the stress hormones that uh, we tend to live by or have become more a part of our lives in the past couple of months. But, um, yeah, so that's well-being and underscore life coaching on Instagram. And uh, I look forward to being able to to guide you, to support you, and to motivate you in achieving uh, all your goals. Yeah, and it's crucial because, you know, we are living, living in a lot in society that our kids don't have the ability that we had growing up of just running outside, riding a bike, climbing up a tree. There's a major safety issues. There's major, uh, um, COVID challenges. And, and I mean, last year or two years ago, I was already speaking about it. So now it's definitely, um, more challenging. So. Before we start getting all nervous about our kids being with anxiety and stress and sometimes even concentration issues and sometimes, uh, uh, and definitely I'd say overweight and, and not feeling great. I think let's, we need to look into the natural ways of life, moving enough, uh, losing enough energy, using enough energy, eating right, basically not abusing our bodies and lives. And I think that we'll see major differences. Yeah. So it's having uh, empathy for yourself and empathy for your children and just uh, attempting to, to be willing to open to different methods and knowing that there is a, there is light at the end of the tunnel and we will, we will get through this and you, we will achieve uh, good health. You know, in the country with little shedding light in the end of the tunnel <laughs> is very important. Okay. So, Rafi, uh, we do have to end the show uh, as all great shows come to an end. Thank you so much for being with us today. Thank you. And I'm sure more and more and more people will be helped by you and get back into normal and great oh lifestyle. Um, in the meantime, I just want to say thank you to Craig uh, coordinating all the technicals and making sure the show happens and works and is done properly. Uh, thank you, Rafi. Thank you, Chayfem. And... Another show has come to an end. We will be back. Please, God, next week, 2 o'clock, uh, 101.9, with Rabbi G. In the meantime, keep well, keep safe, and just do something good for yourself and for the world. Bye.